Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Average Jays Podcast. As always, I'm Jay Justin Ruiz. And I'm Jay Jeremy Francois. And we are here to deliver the pop culture news you might have forgot about this past week. Um, it is January 16th in the new, the year. new year. In the new in the year. New. <laughs> Did we talk about the new year last week? I mean, yeah. I mean, we've done three. This is our third episode of the new year, right? I'm, I, I feel like we didn't give it the hurrah it deserved. Like, yeah, we're here. We're alive. We made it around the sun. That's probably true. We, de- we definitely didn't do that. But yeah, you know, third week's the charm, right? So we're here. Another year around the sun. Let's keep floating on the marble. So we have a decent amount of TV and movie news. Before we get into all of that, we have to caveat there was a massive celebration. The 75th Annual Emmys Awards was happening on... Did this happen Monday? This was... Yesterday. Yes. Yeah, it happened last Yesterday. night. So last night, yeah, it was MLK Day. On Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, it, uh, they also had the 75th Annual Emmys, hosted by Anthony Anderson. It was, We're not going to go through everything that happened, but it was really cool. It was, um, you know, I wasn't even going to watch it, and my wife actually put it on, and uh, we, we watched it together, but... It was really nice to see they did a lot of reunions, like, as far as, like, casts are concerned. Um, they brought back the cast of, like, classic shows like Cheers, as well as Martin. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I saw Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy was on there. Um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia finally made their first Emmys appearance. They, you know, they weren't nominated or anything. They were giving an award. They were announcing one. Um, but they finally made their Emmys debut. And they are the longest running sitcom of all time. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross did a, an I Love Lucy tribute with, oh my goodness, what is this mm. woman's name? The one from. Oh my god, um, I got you, I got you. Blake, and she's from Orange is the New Black, but she has that new show, Crazy Hair. She was Crazy Eyes? No, Crazy Hair. She has, like, the big hair, she's white, skinny, she just put out this show on, like, Hulu. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's the show that I'm, I'm currently watching, Poker Face. Yes, Poker Face. Uh, I know her name, uh, I got her, you. Her, her Instagram right now. profile is Nylon, that's, and that's the only thing I know, um, but anyway. Her and Tracy Ellis Ross, they did a... Yeah, her name, Natasha Leon. Natasha Leon. It's probably not Nylon. It's probably N. Leon. Um, Natasha Leon. That's, that's right. Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> and Tracy, Tracy Ellis Ross, they did a really cool um, tribute to uh, I Love Lucy. They had Timothy McDermott come back and do a, like a mini callback to a Murder House uh, American Horror Story season one. They had Peter Dinklage announce the drama actor of the year, which was, uh, or show of the year, excuse me, which was um, the very last award. And he did it on stage with the Iron Throne. Um, it was cool. They, they did. Wow, I missed a they lot. Did, that would have been the one to watch. And this is like, and they opened the show. The monologue that they opened with was a medley of different uh, sitcom TV themes. So Anthony Anderson played the piano mm-hmm. and sang a bunch of theme songs like Facts of Life, 
Good Times, and something else. Uh, but yeah, they brought together a lot of shows. It was it was really cool to watch. Uh, the performances were awesome. Uh, at the end, Charlie Puth did the in memoriam as they they went through right, and one of his famous songs is. Um, that super sad song from Fast Six when Paul Walker died. It's been a long time without yeah, you, my friend. Song. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. That one. When I see you again, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um so he he did he did a whole thing. And um what was like absolutely heartbreaking was seamlessly he went into the Friends theme song really slowly. And then the last person that they paid tribute to was um, Matthew Perry. Matthew Perry. Oh, man. Nice. It was a, it was a cheer jerker. Like, I didn't even realize it was happening. And Erica started being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, it's, it's the theme song. It's Friends. And then they showed a picture of him as, like, young Chan or, like, season one, two. And he's, like, you know, tussling his hair. Mm. Um, it was, it was really, really nice, but, uh, it was, it was a really cool show. I mean, like I said, we're not going to run through all the winners, but pretty much if you start in the bear succession or what was the third one? Beef. Beef. You won everything. Everything. Basically. Yeah. They won a lot during the golden globes. I wish this was the one I watched because I, I came in, I was, uh, and I'll tell you what in my in our weekly wrap what I was doing at, at the time, but um, yeah, I came in and I saw like uh, Christina Applegate getting a st- getting oh yeah when she came out yep uh, like that was cool to see again. You mentioned the reunion. I like stepped in. And I saw Martin. I was like, man, I wish I saw that. I I stepped. I came back into the room because uh, Gabby was watching it, and I was like, I, what did I see? Oh, I saw uh, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler doing the, the weekend, weekend update. update. Yep. That was uh, fun. Giving, but then like talk, like I wish I watched that and I'm sure who has the entire thing. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Just rewatch it somewhere when I get the chance. Cause that's something I would like to watch and enjoy and not have that, you know, debacle we got on Golden Globes, <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. So, I mean, so another couple standout moments. I really enjoyed that Andor got a couple of shout outs throughout like they got nominations i was happy for that because i was like whoa that's 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 cool um same thing with abbott elementary that's how you know that's a good star wars show yes Yes, abbott elementary um karen culkin won lead actor in a drama series uh he took the golden globe home for that one as well Mm, anything for the last of us the last of us got a couple nominations but it did not get any wins uh jennifer coolidge yeah that's that's all that matters it's just nomination. Jennifer Coolidge won for supporting actress in a drama series. That was her second year in a row, winning again for the White Lotus. Bit you know, last year was a huge nice. deal because she had you know taken this big break from acting, and now clearly we're seeing her, you know, at least within this role, getting her kind of like her flowers, right? Oh, awesome. Also, another really cool one, Quinta Brunson from Abbott Elementary mm-hmm. won leading actress in a comedy series. The first black woman in over 30 years, I believe, to win, which was really, really nice. Wow. Um, no. Then I think it was somebody else broke a record. Oh, Ali Wong was the first Asian uh, woman to, to win 
lead actress in a limited anthology or uh, movie. It's cool to hear, but still, and we've talked about this before. It's just crazy we still have first. Yeah, and then uh, a sad, <laughs> a somber uh, record was set by Better Call Saul. It had over fifty nominations and not one win. Wow! It set the record for, wow. I believe, fifty-three nominations and zero wins. Not even one. Nope. Uh, it, it did. It, look, it was up against Giants, though. But it's just like the show itself has been out longer than most of the shows that won. That's so it's true. Like it's it's wild. Yeah, but it, it's just crazy so, that you know, even up until now, right? It's ending or has one more season or something like that. I think it. I, yeah, um, I thought that was the last. Or might, this might have been the the last season. And uh, it's funny to see, like, in its last season, it getting all of these nominations and still, like you know it not taking home anything it's it's pretty uh it's a feat right like statistically speaking it's that's pretty crazy yeah yeah okay um so that's it if you want to go check out all the winners oh last big call out um elton john farewell from dodger stadium won the grammy for a variety special a live variety special giving elton john his egot status he now has an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's it was nuts. It was it was really I cool to to hear that. Happy for him. And they brought back a couple legends to the stage too. So it was it was a very good one. If I would suggest, you know, if you have the ability, I would go and watch it. It's it was fun to see. Okay, so we're gonna move into well, I guess we're gonna stick with the the role of TV, right? And we're going to slide on into somebody that we know and love and have spoken about many times on the show. Ichiro Oda has a new anime coming to Netflix. I believe we spoke about it in the past when it got announced, but now it has a trailer. Mm -hmm. So a new trailer dropped yesterday for his new show called Monsters 103 Mercies Dragon Domination. It's a mouthful. We're just going to refer to it as monsters. So it was a, which I still think is dumb. It's just, it should just be monsters. That's, that's not Oda adding that title. Just, <laughs> just going to say as a, as a Oda file, that's not his work. But anyway, <laughs> so it was originally written in 1994 by Oda. Um, and now it's receiving its first ever animated ap- adaptation. It's due to hit Netflix January 21st. It has, that One Piece animation style, it, it does look like this takes place in the One Piece like universe solely because it has Oda's art style. Yes, it's Oda's art style, different studio. I believe is Wit Studio that's going to be doing which uh, kind of like a sidebar here. It's uh, going to be done by. Uh, they're going to be doing the One Piece, which is the yeah the new no, the new I animation. I might be. Hold up, I'm going to fact check this because I'm not trying to get, you know, fact checked by, <laughs> by noobs online. Well, um, while you fact check, we'll continue. Um, it, it looks fun. I mean, I enjoyed the, the trailer. It is pretty much a teaser. You don't really know what's going on. Clearly, it revolves around a swordsman. Um, that swordsman looks like a cross between, between Luffy and Zoro. And then a lot of the characters do have, like, you know, kind of 
similarities to, if you're a One Piece fan, there's similarities to characters in One Piece. But you know what it is? You, I've told you this before, and I'm just going to tell you again. That mo- the monsters is takes place in the One Piece world. Yeah. Like, hundreds of years before. That's Ryuma. That main character. That's, that's, uh... That's the... Oh, that's uh, right. You did tell me this. That's the swordsman. I bet, yeah. So, Monsters, for those who don't know, is published in a comic before One Piece called Wanted, which is a, a collection of Oda's stories. So, um, this character, Ryuma, is just a swordsman who travels in this land. Obviously, we know this land is Wano, but in this specific story, we don't really know that. And yeah, he's just like like the goaded swordsman in this world. Uh, and I can't say any more stuff because that gets a spoiler, and you don't know it either. So I'm not gonna say anything else. But um, well, yeah, I'm still trying to find it here. Oh, so yeah, the the Jujutsu Kaisen director is going to be doing that artwork, directing that artwork, uh, that anime. And the studio is EH Productions. Okay. Not Wit Studio. Wit Studio is doing The One Piece. Which is the new animated adaptation of One Piece. Okay. Um, yes. And for all those who are wondering, yes, there's at least one dragon in Monsters 103 Mercy's Dragon Damnation. We got to see it in the trailer. Yeah. You imagine there was just no dragon. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks cool. I mean, I'll definitely give it a shot. No, definitely give it a shot. I've I've read it and it's great. Moving on from there, we have we're gonna be entering the house of mouse now. <laughs> <Just said. laughs> we're gonna be entering the house of mouse now, and this is a lot. Uh, Disney has some stuff to kind of be answering for, so good and bad. But it, it'll yeah. be a, a little bit of a little bit of both. So first off, we're gonna hit some Marvel news. A little bit of uh, She Hulk attorney at law. Um, starring Tatiana Maslany, unfortunately is reporting that it will not have a second season. So Tatiana did say that she does not think so. She said that um, citing financial concerns, that might be uh, stopping the production. I think we blew our budget and Disney was like, no thanks. So unfortunately, we might not be getting a season two, which would suck because it's set up Pretty much everything that's happening now in the Disney Plus universe, like they set up uh, yeah. Echo and Daredevil, yeah, then, and it, I'm not, I, I'm not saddened about that. I mean, yeah, I am. I, I like She-Hulk. Like, not that because I'm not like, yeah, like I'm not saying I was a fan of it, but I'm not hating on the show. It could still continue with just her. Like I, she was great. I loved her um, as. Um, Wow, why am I forgetting her name? The the the, the, act, the, the character's name. I'm just like blanking on, on the character's name now. But She Hulk. I liked her as her. Why why am I what's her name? Jennifer Walters. What's the character's name? Thank you, Jennifer. I liked her as Jennifer Walters. Um she can still show up in uh I think just keep her active. Um but my thing is here, they they show the budgeting was twenty five mil per episode, which obviously, whenever you turned her into uh, She Hulk, that was a lot of money. And to make it not look sucky, you you gotta spend that kind of money. Um, I guess I'm I don't want to say I'm not sad. I'm just not surprised either. I just hope they don't 
just nix her. Keep the character and make it make make use of her. I you know it bothers me because this was such a perfect platform to do whatever they wanted with um like side characters. This was the perfect thing. Like they they could have used this as a you know for uh, longtime nerds, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Like that could have been this show. It could have been She Hulk interacting with classic characters and getting the out of jams or doing something fun, just like Harvey Bit How Harvey Birdman did with various uh, Hanna Barbera characters. Like this was mm-hmm. something that could have been really great. And you know what? Cut down on that cast, bro. If you want to spend less money, Mark Ruffalo didn't have to be in three episodes. You know, the guy who played um, yes, uh, Abomination, he didn't have to be in, like, the whole series. Like, Yeah, you paid these big actors. That's where the money was going. You paid. You had to keep these big actors just to sell your show. And we talked about this. Why keep stringing me along by uh, teasing these big actors like uh, Mark Ruffalo, Charlie Cox. I'm forgetting uh, Abomination's uh, actor name. But, like, you got these big people in there to because you knew... And, and not and not, not not to sound harsh, but you knew there's a lot of sexist dudes out there that just don't care for She-Hulk, right? And the way the trailer was portrayed, and then they're like, "Oh wait, Daredevil's in here. Let's let's stick to the show." And then it just got bombarded, like hated by the fans, not critics. Yeah. Um, and for me, I was just indifferent because like the ending is what I just didn't care for. The entire show is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I just it was not like again winning any Oscars or anything like that. But I was just like what why did the the ending to me was kind of a cop-out i don't care what anyone says yeah. i don't care if this was avant-garde it was to me it was just a cop-out i think there should have been a, a better story to give give a uh a better resolution um as a writer that was just i was just upset and then the way they treated uh I, i'm going on a mini rant here but the way they treated um daredevil he he's like like a I don't want to say uh, a side piece, but in a sense, he was. I mean, but he was. <laughs> I was kind of turned off by he was, but like he, that and the fact that he was, I guess, because I'm still stuck in the Netflix mindset is like he seems so happy. Like there's a he seems a little off, and then they like teased, oh, this is what he can do. Still, yeah. we still have a little edginess. But again, you were trying to sell the character within a She-Hulk show, which, again, my thing is She-Hulk should have stand on her, should have stood on her own, and they should have been proud of that and backed that character. Yeah, and then not spend so much money per episode. You know, my, my thing, and but I hope she um, Tatiana stays. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I really loved the series. Uh, I hope that it gets a second season. I hope that they scale back, obviously not in the CGI because that's where the money is needed, but I hope they scale back a little bit and focus on more, uh, like giving an anthology feel, just small, small contained stories that can be fun. Like this, that's what that show should be about. And obviously Jennifer Walters kind of like navigating her double life. I think, you know, when you, when you peel down or peel back the layers of superheroes, that's what it is. It's dealing with a double life. You know, this series did take it a yeah. little more, I don't know, uh, like lighthearted when it came to things. Like the ending was very comic booky. It was very like Deadpool, like busting out of the comic book panel and fixing things. 
Like, that's what it was. And it, it didn't play as well as they wanted on screen. I got it, and I'm sure you got it. Like, everyone knows what it was supposed to do, but it didn't play as well as they mm-hmm. wanted it to. Um, and then the other piece being they set yeah. up a lot of things that were random. You know, the whole abomination thing that kind of went nowhere. Um, so, uh, Hulk's son, Scar. Like, Daredevil re-entering the MCU. Yeah, and that was just such a... That was such a... Like a tease again, Scar. Like you're just saying, "Hey, like these still exist." We're we're giving you like remember you guys always wanted World War Hulk here. Look at his son. Like again, She Hulk wasn't the main person. Like I going into the show was expecting something like, you know, give me the the dramas. Like the give me the drama. Yeah, I would have loved to see more court cases. You know, like give me like that duality. Uh, like with that, well the the, the balance between her duality, like she doesn't have to be in She-Hulk form all the time. Um, and I'm just saying this as a budget thing. Obviously, in the comics, she's mostly in her She-Hulk form. But like for the show, if it, you're concerned about budget, maybe some guy tries to jump her in the courtroom. Yeah, she turns into She-Hulk, but that doesn't have to happen all the time. Make the situations more grounded where she's trying to save someone's life, but still have a lighthearted thing. So it doesn't have to be Daredevil because we already got that. There were many episodes where uh, Matt Murdock had to go to the courtroom and handle business, and it was very serious. It was very, uh, there's a lot of consequences uh, with with his uh, with all these situations happening. But for this show, it's like it, it just set up stuff. It was trying to be superheroic, and I don't. And again, for me, and I don't read a lot of She-Hulk comics, but I just know she exists. She didn't have to do all that. Yeah, I don't think we needed the superhero aspect, especially for a TV show. Like, I wanted to see like a Law and Order type show, even though I don't like care for Law and Order. Like, I mean, I wouldn't have minded the more dramatic approach, but I did like the lighthearted approach that they had. I wish they did more with it. Yeah. Like, I like they could have done a lot more, and I think that was the mm-hmm. biggest issue. And another thing that Disney has been kind of a uh, fallen victim to is their themselves their own marketing and advertising department they are not putting enough money enough dollars in their ips they're not pushing this stuff forward you know so they they did it with a bunch of different properties recently and she hulk is just another one they didn't believe enough in in her own i guess cachet you know tatiana milani as well as the the character she hulk to bring in people. So what did they do for the first trailer that we got? We got the big stinger of Daredevil at the end. And it was kind of like, all right, now you put watchers in this position of like, okay, I love Netflix's Daredevil. I have to watch this now. And now you're not watching it for She-Hulk. You're not watching it for the show. You're watching for that thing to come back. And when that show is not the same or doesn't portray the character the exact same way, you have these expectations that are now flatlining. Yeah. And again, and they had a lot of beef with the show. Not to like stick with, the, uh, you know, uh, you know, try to fix it ourselves. We can do that on, on our later After Dark or some other After Dark. But like a lot of people just had the issues with the Megan Stallion uh, scenes or episode. It was like, bro, come on. It's a TV show. If you have beef with it, you make your show. That's how I see it. If you're going to complain, you make a show. Because these people did work hard to put this whole thing together. But again, 
it's 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 made it did what it did again i have no problem with that my problem was just more the ending and then like my own expectation of the show it could have still been a drama slash comedy just it's a lot not a lot of random yeah. stuff that's all that's and all you I know what for all the haters that hated wanted. on that episode with megan the stallion it was a great episode and when they both did the little dance thing at the end i loved it so you tell me you didn't love it, and I'm talking to all those guys that I was like, you didn't love it. Don't hate. Exactly. Don't hate. Don't be a don't. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So what's next? So we have again, uh, House of Mouse, but this time we're rolling over to the light side. Star Wars. So ah, I saw what you did there. <laughs> so for Star Wars, Daisy Ridley, everyone knows her as Ray, says that the next Star Wars film will take. Franchise take the franchise in a different direction. So, um, mm-hmm. speaking with Allo Cine, I think that's like a Allo Cine, yeah, it's like an Italian thing. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, really teased a little bit more about her never about her film. <laughs> uh, the film's being directed by Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy. Excuse me if I did not pronounce that right. Sorry, it's French. Not to cut you off. Okay. Okay. Um, and it tells the story of Rey Skywalker as she tries to rebuild the Jedi Order 15 years after Episode 9. So she said, and I quote, Once I knew what the story was and everything, I knew it was something I really wanted to do. I think it's a really fat, fantastic exploration of the Star Wars world. It's really cool. It's a really cool way of taking the story in a bit of a different direction. I'm all for breathing new life into it. I do wish we would kind of come away from uh, the Skywalker saga. The name and the name. So we don't, she, she doesn't need the name Skywalker. That too. Like she needs to be her. Like the whole point of the second movie, which a lot of, not a lot of people like, even the first movie, anyone could be a Jedi. Now I don't feel special. Because her name is Skywalker. Obviously, she's not like a true bloodline of the Skywalker. But it's like, why does the name need to be carried over? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it, it became a so, it became like a title rather than a name. Like Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker, yeah. that was those were their names. Like that was their last name. And now I wanna forget about Skywalker. Obviously, I don't want to forget about him, but I need I want more Star Wars without needing Skywalker. I don't need a reminder of the sagas, as you're yeah. saying. Yeah, something fresh. You know, this seems cool. I mean, if she's rebuilding the Jedi Order, maybe we'll see her, like, exploring the galaxy, new races, new worlds. Like, that is what excites me. I don't want her to go to yes. uh, Coruscant for the five billionth time we've seen it, and now it just looks a little different. Like, go out. Show us Jeddah, the home of the Jedis, the planet. Like, go out and see, like, the crazy planets that house different races, gather up new younglings, and, like, show us different stories there. Yeah. So, you know, get away from Tatooine, you know, like, no more sand planets. Like, take us to new spaces. But I think with with the way, and and I've seen, and I have to to say this on here, too, because, like, I remember seeing this news before and i think recently as well with this news like in the comic section that's been my thing looking at the comment section um 
just dudes hating. They're like, oh man, another like feminist uh, agenda. And I'm like, bro, she is the last Jedi. We we have to see her do her thing. Now, a lot of people are saying that, uh, what was, there was someone, it's not verbatim, but it was something along the lines of like, the, I think the director was like, we just want a female-led uh, character. Mm-hmm. And then one of the comics comments, someone in the comment section was like, but hasn't there been a lot of female-led characters? I'm like, yeah, but I think we need to, I think the the goal was to show that it can be done without other characters like Luke, you know, being a mentor, without Ben Solo, hashtag uh, Kylo Ren, like without all those characters, even Finn. Finn, he needs his own thing. But um, I'm all for it. And with the way we've been fed <laughs> Star Wars stuff, especially with the latest Ahsoka, also a female-led show, um, they in the show because it takes place in the past. In the show, there is a new, there's uncharted uh, solar systems. They're in the far edge of the galaxy mm-hmm. where they came and fly back to like the main uh, mother's mother system. Sorry if I'm not using the correct terms, but yeah, you guys know what I mean nerds are out there listening but what i would love to see is um daisy ridley's uh, ray if i don't know how uh ahsoka's age system works biologically but let's say she still doesn't age and she meets you know ray or we see an older version of her they meet in this far off galaxy there's probably more planets that have been discovered like stuff like that like you're saying and then maybe ahsoka is teaching away from the main system because the dark side has already corrupted the system. I don't know. I'm just making it as I'm, as I'm going, but right now I can trust. I'm, I, I'm loosely saying trust Kathleen Kelly, but I can trust uh, John Favreau with when it comes to the Mandalorian stuff. I can trust uh, um, wow. Not Feige. Why Filoni? am I forgetting the other Dave guy's Filoni? name? Thank you. It was a, yeah, it was an F name. I was like, it's not Feige. Uh, I was going to say Cowboy Hat. But yeah, I, I trust him. And he's like, you know, he is uh, the creative director now when it comes to Star Wars. So it's yeah. like, he is the person to connect everything. And hopefully, and hopefully not fall victim to how Marvel has been getting its issues lately. Which I highly doubt can get that way because it's not like it's dealing with superheroes. Well, you know what I mean? And villains. If you think about it, Star Wars kind of hit that plateau already. Like, you can argue that after episode... Whatever, what, seven, right? After Force Awakens, people were upset with eight. Which, I mean, like, you know, get over it. And then... Yeah. yeah, And then people were upset with nine, which I totally understand. Nine is one that's like... I understand why everyone's so upset. I mean, I didn't truthfully love it either. Um... There was a lot of things I didn't agree with, but I, hey, I didn't make the movie. Um, but yet yeah, now it's been a while since we've gotten a Star Wars film, so you know they've been concentrating on the shows, and the shows have been, you know, all in all, doing pretty stellar. You know, we we've had some little bumps, right, with uh, like pacing or kind of like just not well written stuff, like in Boba Fett, um, a little bit of Mando season two. Um, Andor was a slow start, but 
all these things ended up being good. Like, we can't say that any of them were bad. The payoffs. The payoffs. Exactly. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm excited to see this. I would like to see where it goes. I mean, having females never bothers me, right? We have Kathleen Kennedy heading up Lucasfilm. Then we have um, the director um, that I just mentioned. I already forgot her name. But that director is a female director. And then Daisy Ridley being the titular star, like, go for it. Who cares? If it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter whether it comes from a man or a woman or if the leading character is a man or not. Like, we're beyond that at this, or we should be beyond that at this point. Um, we should be able to just take it in and judge it as is, regardless of male, female. What? And facts. But what I won't forgive, though. And this is not, and this is not a sexist thing. I won't forgive Disney because I really want to see, wanted to see Patty Jenkins, um, like Air Force movie when it came to like Star Wars, like that. Would, just to see aerial battles, the like if she Rogue was a, Squad, like that would Rogue that's Squadron. so different. I no, but I don't know if that was the show. There was a movie, so there was a show that, um, that that was going to deal with uh, what's that that group's name. Uh, the new, the new pilots of the New Republic. Were they? Is it Road Squadrons? Because there was like another. I'm gonna no, have to look Road that Road Squadron up. takes place during up. like four, five, and six, or four, I guess. But do you know what I'm talking about when it came to? Uh, because you, uh, what's that woman that was in Mandalorian, but she got kicked out due to like anti-Semitic? Oh yes, uh, I do know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so there was going to be a show mm-hmm. with her in it. Yeah, and but it takes place in the in the past, and was, it was her her squad. Yeah, so then there was um, this show that uh, this movie mm-hmm. rather Patty Jenkins was going to direct, but that just that doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. But that would have been super different. Just to see aerial and space battles uh, when it came to pilots and stuff like that. Oh, that would have been beautiful. Yes, uh, it would have been hard to pull off, but if they would have done it, it would have been fantastic. Now, staying in the House of Mouse, move it over, sticking with the light side, going over to Pixar here. So the hit movie Soul is going into theaters. Right? It's being re-released into theaters uh, for the first time because it got released initially on Disney+. Plus. So now for the re-release, it goes into theaters and it will be going, I believe we touched on this a while back, but we didn't have any dates or anything. But it will be in Regal, Cinemark, yeah. and uh, AMC Theaters. It's set to release this week. It already released on the 12th. So it's supposed to go for the rest of the week. I believe... Hmm. Yeah, I believe it's just for one week, or is it two weeks? I hope it's longer, because I want to see it again in theaters. Because I've, I've been thinking about watching it again, but would be dope to see it in theaters i can't see it here but i remember reading before like it's only it's only for a limited time so it's going to be soul and then turning red and luca it's all the ones that went to disney plus during the pandemic but soul is the first one it's out right now go check your local movie theater to to see the times so unfortunately that does lead us to the dark side of pixar there is some not so fun stuff that we got to talk about So according to a new report in TechCrunch, 
Pixar is reportedly facing layoffs in 2024 as Disney Plus struggles to become profitable. So sources at Pixar claim that the layoffs will be significant and as high as 20%. Seemingly, that would bring Pixar down from 1,300 people to right around 1,000. Apparently, Pixar told TechCrunch that those estimates are too high and that the amount of employees that will be impacted by these layoffs is still up in the air. It, it appears some of the deciding factors are production schedules, staffing for future films, and more. Pixar also notes that the layoffs are not imminent and will occur in the later parts of 2024. Now, that to me... Yeah, that's that doesn't Yeah, that good. to me sounds like like PR jargon to kind of like douse the flames, right? Like that doesn't sound very reassuring. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, apparently it Disney plus still isn't still hasn't reached a, a point of profitability. And Disney has, ex has said before that they expected to achieve profitability in this year. So Bob Iger said that yeah. you know they're finally gearing they're finally gearing up to move beyond the period of fixing. So Disney Plus for all the years that we've had it already for all the content that we've gotten it still hasn't hit in profitability. I mean when you think about it how much these movies and shows cost to be made like it makes sense like the amount of content that they're producing no, yeah, 100%. is not you know, they you will hit a plateau of subscriptions. The as, as the people would say right now, the math ain't math. No, the the math is for sure not mathing. Uh, but no, dude. Yeah, like with all the news of like changing tiers and stuff like that, and uh, bundling your stuff. Like when I canceled my my Disney Plus because I wasn't using it as much unless until more recently because mm -hmm. I was watching Loki, obviously, and then I was like getting into my gargoyles i was getting into my x-men uh the the evolution and then i was like oh i might start watching some stuff but then then they announced they were going to add advertisement like i think that was the thing about disney plus that you didn't have advertisement same thing with like apple tv uh like you didn't the only thing you advertised was your own you know your own stuff within the streaming platform and then increasing the prices so not just adding ads because that's where you're going to get your revenue as well where you're increasing the prices where the customers have to pay more for what because because the shows are too much like at that point that's when you scale back because then now they're looking to cut costs with the and pixar which again i don't work there i don't i'm not the head of that place but as a consumer i'm concerned like i've been scared of for pixar for years now because my fear is that pixar is just not going to be a thing anymore it's just going to be absorbed by Disney yeah. animation. Even though it's technically owned by Disney, but like Pixar was always its own thing. We've talked about this with um uh films and spirits, like the fact that their their animation just looks the same. And that scares me. So they need to figure it out. And Bob Iger is not in a is in the hot seat for a long time now. So fix it, Disney. Fix yeah, it. you know, it's just it's a rough spot to be in for Disney and Disney just needs to just like a lot of different entities. I think Disney needs to slow down. They're making way like Disney plus is 
like the latest Netflix because they are just green lighting and making shows out the wazoo. And they are trying to make shows that hit every single demographic. Like they're make they're not just making these big blockbuster like Pixar movies and, you know, Star Wars shows and stuff like that. They're making live action shows, they're making like teen dramas, they're making documentaries, they're making cartoons, like all exclusive to the Disney Plus platform. They're not honing in on anything, and all of this stuff costs money. And a lot of these things are yep. like, piggybacking on different IPs that they own. So, like, the National Treasure uh, series that lasted, like, one season. That series mm. with Lin-Manuel Miranda, yep. you know, that like, random stuff that they put out hoping to catch. But if you don't have a roadmap, a solid one, and you're just like, greenlighting everything and hoping something sticks to the wall you're putting yourself in a situation like netflix does yeah you're trying to get you're trying to yeah you're trying to get your like uh your stranger things or your uh squid games or something like that like it, it's it's one of those things where there's a mmo here uh it's a missed oppor- massive missed opportunity um again it depends who got there first but disney should have gotten all their uh studio ghibli stuff because um, they they technically were the ones who were, uh, yeah. I believe, distributing it here in the U.S. or on the West Side. Now, guess who has all that? Max. And it's like, you could have gotten... The anime community is very huge. If you at least had that, you could have probably worked... Like, the closest thing to anime is the visions. Then that's it. I can't think of I anything mean, else. Like, you could have gotten... You could have gotten some of that and then start making your own disney anime related stuff mixed in with uh other anime products that, like because technically that's what netflix is going they're not creating shows they're just slapping the name yeah. netflix on something from a different country and saying yep this is ours like there's a lot of of um stuff like that um one show just gonna mention this before you, I, I let you go sorry um there was a vinland saga which was on amazon that's how i watched the first season and then I find out the second season dropped, and it, and I was like, it was not on Amazon; it was on Netflix. So this does it comes to licensing. So Netflix um, uh, should have, could have, would have. Disney should have done this, but to say what you said, they should yeah. slow down because they're just hemorrhaging right now when it comes to uh, stuff. Like and remember, and not only are they facing this new round of layoffs, but back in March 2023, almost a year ago. Um, they laid off that massive amount. It was 7,000 employees. Mm-hmm. So remember, that was a, yeah. a huge deal when that happened. Remind me, it was uh, entertainment only, not like all of Disney. Like No, yeah, it was just like entertainment. Was just entertainment. But, you know, it's, gotcha. it's massive. And this is a part of a plan that uh, it's apparently cutting back $7.5 billion. Yeah. They're cutting roughly seven point five billion dollars in costs. So this is this is where these layoffs are coming from. So if you're not making that money back, why do you continue to make these bigger things on a more constant schedule? Like again, kind of like putting us to that to that place of pump the brakes and put out some some good stuff every couple of years rather than some mediocre to good stuff every year. Yeah. You know, it just—it's a mini nostalgia, but it's funny when like Mandalorian was just carrying yeah. the whole team. <laughs> just him and uh, 
and Grogu. Him and Grogu just literally <laughs> holding the fate of Disney Plus in their hands. But, okay, now we're completely done with all the Disney properties. Now we're going to get into, I guess, like, cinema proper. Um, first thing up, Martin Scorsese, uh, self-proclaimed biggest superhero fan ever. Martin Scorsese teases one more movie. You heard it here first. <laughs> He's teasing one more yeah. movie with retired actor Daniel Day-Lewis. Which is dope. That's that's not like getting him out of retirement. So the big DDL quit acting in 2017 and has since largely avoided public life. So Scorsese... He said, so accepting an award from uh, Daniel Day-Lewis at the National Board of Review Awards via Next Best Picture, Scorsese teased that maybe they could work together on another movie. He said, we did two films together, and it's one of the greatest experiences of my life, I must say. Before turning to Daniel Day-Lewis, maybe there's time for one more. Maybe. And then all the, the crowd stood up and cheered and all that. So... I mean, why not, man? Gangs of New York York 2? Gangs of New York 2, Electric Boogaloo. Like, I mean... I mean, why not? Hollywood it up and then make it, like, take place in the 90s. Just just for the hell of it. Just ruin it. For those wondering, the two movies that they did together were Gangs of New York and The Age of Innocence. So... I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, powerhouse actor, it would be really cool to see him team up with Scorsese again and make a quote-unquote real movie. Um, I, I'm i excited by this. Just liking movies, this excites me. I'm with it. That's good news for today. I like and it. And then one more thing that we're... <laughs> like sounded weird One more thing that we're going to run through. Um, something that's like... I'm like cautious, like, and I feel like that we always got to caveat this now. Um, cautiously optimistic for new things coming, mm-hmm. right? What sucks is like none of these are really quote unquote new things. We're getting more sequels, and the reason why I wanted to put these all in here is because they're sequels to things like that actually did good. So who knows? Bill and Ted Four. Yeah, surprise. Bill yeah, and Ted exactly. Four was just teased by Alex Winter, um, you know, the other main character opposite of Keanu Reeves. Uh, he said that they are currently that they will be doing it because the script is being written. He has apparently a great idea. He's like talked it over with Keanu, and the script is apparently in production right now for their return uh to the screen. Next one up is Top Gun yeah. Three. Right now, Tom Cruise has a contract with Warner Brothers where he's going to direct, produce, write a bunch of films and uh, stuff with them. But since it is a non-exclusive contract, Paramount is in discussion with him and the director of Top Gun Maverick to create a sequel. Apparently, there is a script idea already out there and being worked on. And then the last one here, 28 Days Later is going to be receiving a third movie, so a threequel, you know, rounding out a trilogy. Apparently, at this point, being called 28 Years Later. So, more than 20 years after the original release, The Hollywood Reporter reported that Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, who directed the original 28 Days Later, are teaming up to make 28 Years Later. 
And a, apparently, like if this ends up being successful, it could be the start of a trilogy within 28 like days, years, universe. I don't like seeing that now. I feel like a lot of so a trilogy in the tw- a, a trilogy within the twenty eight yes. years later. So if this one oh, does okay. good, then it'll be a trilogy on top of it being the third in the twenty eight years later. But what bothers me is that this is like, just do one, do one, and if it does well, cool. Like I, I yes. Because it's kind of it's it's the it's the oh uh, walking up to the bat and calling home run and knowing you're not Babe Ruth like yeah come man on. like you know twenty eight days later did great twenty eight um months weeks weeks twenty eight weeks. weeks later did okay I don't think it it was received too well um not by critics but uh, by audiences uh. So 28 years, you know, just based off of the nostalgia factor, it'll get butts and seats, but let's just see how it goes. Like, I hate that everything has to be announced as, like, a universe or a trilogy. It has to be this thing where it's, like, an entity, a franchise. Just do a a thing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, it's Marvel's fault, and and I'm not trying to say that to be funny or... uh, facetious it's yeah. it is their fault and not that they did it on purpose it's just people that saw money or they're like let's do that let's keep doing that look i i say this like if i ever got to work on a marvel set or a dc set yeah. that'd be great for me that'd be hype because that is low-key the dream but i would like to be able to my goal in life is to be able to make money so i can just keep making mm-hmm. stuff so I don't have to worry about suits. If I start working with suits and they give me headaches and stress me out, I'm not going to work with them. Um, but that's just <laughs> me ranting again. But yeah, man, just, just do the one thing and then yeah. come back. If it's good. Uh, okay, so a nice a nice little bridge between the movies and and video games topics here. Uh, Naughty Dog is releasing a documentary, Grounded 2. So Naughty, Naughty Dog, the video game studio that brought us classics like Crash Bandicoot and more recent classics like The Last of Us, they are releasing Grounded 2, which is, which is a sequel to Grounded, which was their documentary on the production of The Last of Us. This one is about The Last of Us 2. Apparently a lot of it... Um, not got lost, but was kind of delayed due to the pandemic. They were making this documentary, filming pieces and like gathering all this data. Then everything kind of became a wash during the pandemic, which is totally understandable. And now they finally have finished it and it's going to be out um, again on YouTube, completely free to watch and um, documenting the production process of uh, Last of Us 2. That's dope. Right. I'm happy about that. I'll definitely give that a watch. Same. Same scenes. So from the world of PlayStation and The Last of Us, we switch over to Xbox. Now, we got two two little uh, oopsie doodles that happened over with Microsoft. So my Xbox, uh, Xbox Wire, uh, on uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, 
posted incorrectly about Final Fantasy XIV online, its open beta, saying that it was live Mm -hmm. when it very clearly was not. For all of you that know, Final Fantasy XIV, I mean, for all of you that don't know, Final Fantasy XIV is the online MMO, uh, not massive missed opportunity, but massive multiplayer online game um, in the Final Fantasy universe. Mm -hmm. It launched back in 20... Hold on, I have this information. 2014? 13, sorry. I want to say 14. So it originally launched in 2013 on PS3 and Windows. And then it was ported over to PS4, Mac, and then PS5 uh, as recently as 2021 was PS5. So it's on everything except Xbox. It is now finally coming over to Xbox. And... They were they announced this a while back, but out of nowhere, somebody that has their hands on the Xbox Twitter was just like, "Hey, it's up," and it is a hundred percent not. And they had to they had to send out a tweet, kind of correcting the mistake a couple minutes later. Well, you know, the person who sent out the first tweet mm-hmm. didn't send out the second tweet because they got fired. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I'm, I didn't mean to laugh, but dang. rough, man. Come you know, on. it's and it's for something massive. It's not like it was an indie game or something. It's Final Fantasy, and 14 has yeah. been even bigger yeah. within the past like year or so with the different expansions that they put out. So that's a huge mistake to make. So a lot of fans were confused, and it took them a couple of hours to uh, iron out that confusion. And then somehow, some way, also in the background, uh, as reported on by Eurogamer, the unannounced Halo Battle Royale, which had been kind of teased the last couple years, has been silently canceled. It is completely done and over with. See, and this is and this is what this is what causes insurgencies around the world. Stuff like this silently canceled. Look. I'd rather, and this is a rant, I'd rather a cancellation like Scalebound. Bring it back. <laughs> Scalebound looked so dope. I'd rather you tell me that it's getting canceled than secretly just, you know, sit there and just be like, yeah, yeah, that's been canceled. What are you talking about? It's been canceled for five years, bro. Like, you just gaslight me thinking, like, this is going to be a thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like I'm just going to break it down to real world events. It's like in uh, applying for a job and then the job doesn't put you up to give you an interview. <laughs> Just tell me that I didn't get it. That's all you have to do. And have me sit here for three months. I know three months going by means I didn't get it, but still, tell me I didn't get it. Make me feel worse than I do feel, but at least I get that closure. So yes, the world is already just destroying itself. So if, if an insurgency happens, uh, and I know the insurgency is going to be ruled by gamers. This is why. Stuff like this. Remember the simple times of just getting video games and just playing them yeah. without the news? Just getting Good trailers times. and seeing magazine ads and stuff right before it came out. <laughs> right. And just walking into Toys R Us or Circuit City or Best Buy. No Amazon. No, or and not, not necessarily EB GameStop, games. but EB Games. We're just aging ourselves, guys. We're just aging ourselves, just so you can know. It but, was simpler time. Yeah, you know, uh, another we thing come and gone where, like, 
it wasn't really confirmed. We did have um, it was it the C the COO right of certain affinity, the president and COO Paul Sams. He had teased the project uh, back in 2022 with an interview uh, in VentureBeat. But like that was it. That was the main thing that people were kind of clinging to. And when you do that, you should pretty much like follow through. You know, like it's so it's so annoying because like just let it go. You didn't have to say those things. You didn't have to get people's hopes up. Wait till there's literally a game. Wait till there's at least a beta, a build of the thing that's close to being seen. And then you could talk about it, right? This is why stuff like you never hear something like this with Nintendo. This does not happen with Nintendo because they don't talk. They don't. They literally do not talk about anything. Look, Nintendo, and I'll say it. Nintendo has their problems. Not saying they're perfect, but when it comes to their games, they're very professional. Like I don't, I don't ever recall hearing a problem when it comes to delivering the product. And this is why I follow that mantra when it comes to movies or games. Like, I'm going to just wait till the product's in front of me, and then I'll be hyped. Because the only, I think the only big issue, and correct me if I'm wrong, was like yeah. the hack. In like, 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 like let's be clear, like, there's been hackings, but, there's been leaks, but within Nintendo proper, like, you don't catch people teasing or talking about a thing when it's not ready to be yeah. talked about. Like, that is not a thing. Yeah. What if I just look at it, unveil the curtain in Nintendo and they're just holding the family's <laughs> hostages? Like, don't talk about the game. You know your wife Mary? She's she's great, right? And your and your your son Matthew? He's, he's graduating next year, right? Nintendo like, enters just, the uh, chat and it's just like, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, they like I just see like a gif of me like from the profile, just like. Like, where'd they get that but it, you know they have they have Scary their problems the but we don't see things like this we're not getting our hopes up in a massive attempt right to garner that public opinion or positive public opinion right like that doesn't happen so yeah. it's upsetting but it is a thing that is not coming to fruition but that's the yeah. last piece of news on the docket. Let's uh, get yeah. right into our weekly wrap. So, Jay, what are you watching, reading, yeah, or let's, playing? Let's swim in there. Um, watching. So, I did see American Fiction. Great movie. What sucks is that it came out now. <laughs> By next year, there's going to be a lot of dope movies. So, when the Oscars come, mm -hmm. I hope it wins something. So, but it's so good. Like as a creative, um, it's so good. Uh, I love any, everything Jeffrey Wright is. Do in. you think that this will um, spawn the way the movie? Do you think ends this will spawn like still, a universe, like a bigger franchise of like American nonfiction, American oh, sci-fi, yeah, American fantasy? Like yeah. it's just gonna all the genres. Yep. Yeah. If they do that, I'd be upset. I'd be annoyed. Like why? But no. Like, all jokes aside, like, hey, it's great. I love uh, American fiction. I mean, I love uh, Jeffrey Wright and everything he does. He He's great in this. Uh, the movie, just to, for those who don't know, American fiction uh, stars Jeffrey Wright, Tracy Ellis Ross, uh, Issa Rae, Sterling K. Brown. 
all great casts. Uh, and one of the things I love about this, it's very on the nose. And Justin, I think you should see this movie mm-hmm. like in theaters. Like, don't wait for streaming. Like, go to theaters if you have the time. So me and Gabby went to go see it, and it's a room filled with, you know, people of color, but a majority of white people. So when the jokes were hitting, everyone was laughing, but I'm like, and I keep telling myself, like, it's not just the joke. Like, realistically, like, I hope everyone Mm -hmm. in the room are allies and understand, like, this is not to be, like, it is funny, yes, laugh, but understand why it's funny. And you've seen the trailer for, for American Fiction, so I don't have to, like, tell you, but uh, for the people listening, it's basically a well, uh, well-respected, legendary writer. Uh, he hasn't written in a long time, or rather, he hasn't sold anything in a long time because his work basically elevates the conscious mind. But because we live in a world kind of like TikTok and short-term memory and rather just tweets or rather X, uh, it's just short information. So when you get someone like Issa Rae, who's like a you know young a young uh, person in the game when it comes to writing novels, you know, novels, not comics or or TV. This is you know it's a dying form. Um, she uh, she doesn't uh, take advantage. It's just it seems like from the trailer, it seems like she's taking advantage of white people, but she's not. She generally writes the book. And it sounds like uh, a person who can't read or write because these characters are are Mm. uneducated and whatnot. So basically, Jeffrey Wright's character is just like, really? People like this? Like, what's going on? Why why is this like a thing? And that's when you see, for those who've seen the trailer, he decides to just make his thing, but he does it on purpose. Where, not to get into spoiler territory, but Issa Rae explains to him, like, yeah, I, I wrote this, but I wrote this by doing research. These are based on real things. Like, even though I was, I was raised differently, I can still write about something that's real. Where, um, Jeffrey Wright wrote something just to, you know, uh, rub, rub white people, like, uh, uh, uh heads of studios, heads of publication, white heads of studios and publication mm. rub their noses in it. Um, not to get all into it, definitely for those, go watch it. Like, definitely go watch it. It's such a good movie. I love that it's not necessarily an adult movie. It is a mature movie. And what I mean by that, it's not like, yeah, it's rated, I think it's rated R, but it's not like, you know, nudity and sex. And like, yeah, there's like, that happens behind the scenes here and there, but there's, it's just a mature movie. Like, they use curse words. There's, uh, use of certain drugs. There, it's just, it's such a good movie. And certainly Sterling K. Brown's performance, even though it's not like super upfront, it, it 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 works. He does such a great job. What else? What else? I got my uh Crunchyroll back and just binged the last couple episodes of One Piece. Cause like I realized because I, I stopped I canceled my subscription to just save money and I just got it back and then I realize how happy mm. I am when I'm watching anime and specifically One Piece because last week there was no One Piece chapter so I was just like dry spell I keep seeing pictures online and I'm like oh <laughs> I gotta catch up I finally caught up and uh, of course I know what happens but just you know mm-hmm. I have a love for animation so I watch it and the animation reminds me of Momoro Haru, the director who did the movie that you saw recently with me 
uh, a while yeah. back. Uh, Bell, uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bell, there's Summer Wars, or the classic, for those who don't know, classic Digimon movie, he directed that the as well. First? That's like his style, or The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. That was him who directed it. Like, that style. He also directed a One Piece movie as well. So the current animation now is directed by this woman. I forget her name. But she's directing these episodes, and that style is reminiscent of that, and I really love it. What else? I am watching The Bear. I'm still, like, I'm, like, halfway through it. It takes me time to, like, go through that show because it's not something I can just binge. Um, I have Seinfeld writing sometimes in the background. What, The Bear? Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love the show. I, I don't tout it up as being like the greatest thing because I, I appreciate for what it is. I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, it's a great show, blah, blah. Like when Squid Games came out, when Squid Game came out, people were, again, you know how I was. I was like, that's an anime. That's nothing to me. Like it's, it's a good show, but it's like, it's, I'm not trying to be like a, a hipster. That's about nothing it. It's to just me. like, it's a good show. So the bear is, <laughs> I spit on your opinion. But no, the bear is really good. I'm impressed with it. I mm. love how raw it is. Like I love, I love. It. That's what I love about the show. I'm watching Gilmore Girls. I took a pause on Miss Maisel because I think getting Miss Maisel and Gilmore that's Girls back to back is just like it's just a lot of it's a lot of <laughs> goodness. So that one time, me and Gabby were hanging out. She's like, "Yo, let's just go back to watch." Because I actually started with Sons of Anarchy. I don't know if I mentioned this. Time oh yeah, you did. But I am like, well, she's like, let's watch. I want to see someone like get killed. I want to see some like gang stuff. I'm like, I was like, you're right. We we should watch that. We've been watching a lot of happy go lucky stuff and little teen mom drama stuff. Uh, so I'm watching that. Um, read anything? I think I'm on the same boat as you this week when it comes to reading. But I'll say this: I went to uh, a book signing, a comic book signing. Uh, over the weekend, I went to see Sean Gordon Murphy. For those who don't know, he is a writer slash artist, mostly known for his art. Um, he's currently doing uh, Batman uh, White Knight. I'm not going to get into all that. But definitely check out his work. He's done other cool stuff. It was dope to see him because he's someone I looked up to uh, in, like late in high school, early college. First work that I read of his was called Joe the Barbarian, which he's worked with writer Grant Morrison. If you don't know who Grant Morrison is, I think I've, I think Morrison, I've heard of Joe the Barbarian. Definitely check it out again. I'll send you a link so you can read it legally. Yes. Be some eyes. But yeah, so it was just cool to see him. Like, I remember I wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to work. So this was a Saturday. I wasn't going to go because I had work. Then I, I then one of my course was like, hey, like, you want to swap shifts? I swap shifts. And I almost still didn't go, but I was like, oh, I don't want to go because it's going to be a long line. I have very high expectations. Like, I, I, I totted them up. To, and I go. And it wasn't super long, but it was like, it's not like it went around the block. It's just because, you know, people are, not a lot of people know or can't make it that Saturday. And he was at other places doing signings and they were long there. It just depends on when you go. Um, that was just a side tangent. But when I finally got up to him, it was just cool to see him because I've always, I followed his page. I always comment on his stuff. He doesn't really respond to my stuff, but he's liked some of my comments. I was like, oh, that's cool. But to see him in person, I you know, shook his hand. I was like, it was nice. He was like, thank you for waiting patiently. And I was like, you too, which is the dumbest thing you can say because he's <laughs> sitting there. And I said, sorry, I'm nervous. Thank you for waiting for me patiently. <laughs> so I know you came I, here um, to see me. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> 
so then I go and then you know I he, he signs my book. I so what the book that I I um, have him sign. I don't know if I have it close by. Um, it's called The Plot Holes, which I've told you I've read before, and it's such a good read. I told him, you know, like I got, I told him, like, I got your book, the hardcover, when you were selling it on your website. Love the book. I want to read it again. That's how much I loved it. And then I had him sign the issue one of it because the hardcover is already signed. So I signed him, had him sign issue one. And then I also brought my Napoleon from the Machine, which I gave to him. I was like, hey, this is for you. Like, I want you to read this. I'm like, okay, I'm a writer. Trying to like get into the game, and then he's like, "Oh man, thanks!" And then he mm-hmm. he's like taking it out of the thing and then flipping through it. I was like, "Oh, I thought he, I didn't know he was going to do that." And he's like flipping through. He's like, "Oh, I can see the similarity." I was like, "Yeah, like uh, the artist I'm working with is from Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. He like he digs your work. He's a big fan of other artists like Matteo Scalara and all these uh, big names." And then he gets to the end of the issue one, and then he looks at the gun. And he's like, "Oh, I draw my guns the same way." And I was like, "Oh, the artist, my artist is going to love that." And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, thanks. Thanks for giving. He's like, would you sign this for me? And Dude, I was like, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so I signed Napoleon. And then I, I gave it to him. And then he signed it. And then I got a picture with him. So if you saw it online, um, it was just dope. And I was like, yo, I can't wait to one day like be sitting next to you signing stuff and maybe working together. I was like, one day it'll happen. And I think he's mm-hmm. like 48, 49. So I'm like, I hope to like get to his stage like a little sooner. But like, yeah. he's he's up there so he's been working so i'm like doing mental math if i keep Hell doing yeah. what i'm doing i can get there so that just gives Dude, me the hope. fact that he um, the fact that, that yeah, you gave that him good. one and, and like he signed it that's really cool man yeah. that's really cool of him yeah i'm i'm excited to i i even left like my bookmark with my like thing so hopefully he just like one day decides to like follow me back you know no, ain't you no thing know, man. ain't no thing um yeah, so he'll probably unless he threw it out. That's fine. That's I don't ever have to know that. Like he threw out the entire, he out, threw he out like, the entire comic. He's like, this piece of crap. <laughs> He's like, yo, who wants this? <laughs> um, but yeah, it was cool. And so he was there to sign uh, mm-hmm. Zoro. If you don't know, I believe Zoro is in uh, uh, what's it called, public domain. So he wrote that. And he did a Kickstarter for that, for the Massive Publishing, which is a new publishing company that came out in 2022. So that was recent. I'm currently trying to get in there. And I told him that as well. And um, yeah, he's promoting Zorro. He got it done to Kickstarter. I think it was like $40,000 hmm. that he was trying to raise. He he raised that, like, or Massive raised that in 30 minutes. Wow. 30 minutes. That's intense. And I was one of them. <laughs> actually i wasn't one of them i actually saw it i was like nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine of those dollars right. were mine <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh man i would not be able to live in this place <laughs> i would be in the gutter somewhere but it was dope i i want to read that i actually have it open on my computer because mm-hmm. i was supposed to read it today but i just you know stuff got in the way mm-hmm. so that is what i'm going to read. gaming um haven't played anything i saw i got an email from you know like your regular nintendo emails that show up like new stuff that's coming so i realized i didn't have the game boy advance downloaded on my switch for some reason um but i only found out because when i got the email it's like oh new games coming to game boy advance and i saw golden sun both versions i was like or the yeah the sequel both first and sequel and i was like oh these are games I, i loved like and fire emblem was on and then i went and downloaded it 
and I saw Fire Emblem was there, the classic uh, Legend of Zelda cap, which is my first really? Zelda game that I've ever beaten. Yeah, I like I, because at the time mm-hmm. I only had a Game Boy Advance. I didn't have any big consoles, so like the only console I was like playing was the PS2 on my cousin's house. So all I played was Game Boy uh, Game Boy Advance game. Minish Cap was there, like Kirby was there, like those were games that I played when I was younger, and it just threw me back. I was like, "Oh man, I can't wait to play these again." Uh, and then I'm slowly playing uh, mm. Chrono Trigger on my phone, which makes me want to get the backbone even more. Um, like I know we talked about it. Like if I get it, it I only play it for that. Maybe for the Ninja Turtle game that I'm playing, but I I'll probably get it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not in a rush to get a backbone. I just want to have it just so it's like have it in my bag because i don't travel with my switch i think it's one of those things where i just can't trust yeah. anyone in the train and tra- when i'm in like tra- traveling everywhere but uh yeah and i know i watched something else i just can't think of it right now oh i watched self-reliance with jake johnson oh how was it it was good just the way it ended like me and gabby were finished watching, because we were excited it's jake johnson mm-hmm. nick miller and uh it was great and um just the ending threw us off. I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it. I get the I get the message. Mm-hmm. Good movie. You laugh here and there. Um, I think you I think you'd enjoy it though. I think you'd enjoy it. it it's great. A lot of famous people in there. Where's it, Where's it on again? Hulu. Hulu. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yes. Um. All right. Well, and you, sir. For me, watching uh. Watched the Emmys, watched, uh, still watching Worst Cooks in America. I'm on season 10 now. Uh, in the background, I still have friends every every so often. And I watched something else, uh, Gilmore Girls. I'm trying to think. And I feel like I watched something and I was like, oh, I have to catalog it away. For this, was it like I a just, movie or a show? I believe it was a movie. Let me see if I could do a quick, a quick, uh, a quick look. See, well, while you say that, so funny little anecdote at work, I was helping a customer with her computer, and uh, it had uh, she had a sticker on her computer that says, "All I want to do is go to Luke's Diner." And I looked at it, I was like, "Hey, <laughs> I know I'm on season four. And she looked at me, she's like, "Oh, really? Right?" I was like, "Yeah." You don't think a black guy can watch Gilmore uh, <laughs> Girls? <laughs> No, I don't think a black that, guy that's could that's love that. Gilmore Girls and Stars Hollow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And she looked at me, he's like, oh yeah, you're safe. You're not watching the boondocks. <laughs> um, Little did you know I do. Jeez, no, man. I feel like I... Maybe I didn't. Maybe I lied. He's a liar. Yeah, maybe I'm just out here lying. Maybe I didn't watch anything. I did see, um, not too long ago, I don't think I ever actually ended up talking about it, uh, Behind the Attractions on Disney Plus is really cool. It takes you behind the attractions in different Disney parks. Um, but yeah, I guess I didn't. You know what attraction I, I want to see is the, how they're handling the, the, the downsizing of these people, these poor people. I'm that's sure what, that's the attraction I want to I'm see. I'm sure there'll be a documentary <laughs> at some point. Um, oh yes. But okay, so that's it for watching. For reading, I read an instruction manual Email? yesterday. 
I oh. read an instruction manual to to build this chair that I'm sitting on. I read that yesterday. Um, and then for playing games, I I haven't been playing too much. I, again, I haven't touched my PS5 in a little while. Uh, my phone, I've been playing like Monopoly Go, Disney Dreamlight Valley. There might be one more, but I can't remember. And then for Switch, I just got... Wait, did you say Marvel Snap? No, I actually haven't played Marvel Snap in a while. Because you haven't mentioned it in a while, but I figured like you've just been doing it so much, you don't mention it. But okay. No. Pokemon Go is the other one, probably. Um, okay. And then, so for Switch, I just got uh, Pikmin 4 not too long ago. I did a double pack, and I got Pikmin 4 and Splatoon 3. So I'm going to go through uh, Pikmin 4, and then at some point, I'll, I'll I'll pop in uh, Splatoon 3 because I loved Splatoon 2, and this one I'm sure is just as good and even better. Um, but Pikmin 4, so far, it's been... I just started it, like, yesterday or the day before. It is mm-hmm. adorable. It's great. It's an awesome, cozy game. Like, this one's fun because you get to create a character. You're creating your own... Um, he's not a captain. He's actually a rookie. A, a boy or a girl doesn't matter. It's I guess mm. it's not even a boy or a girl. It's whatever Alomar is. Ace. Um, yeah, asexual, non-gender, non-gender. Script. Like, yeah, it's just you pick out different part, characteristics. Part of the LGBTQ community, and that's that's progressive. It's it's anything. It's literally anything. Because there's no, I don't think they even mention gender like in it at all. So when you and make that's it, the message of the game. There you go. Look at yeah, how peaceful that game is. When you when you build your character, it's clearly they do have some masculine and feminine traits that you can pick from, but you can mix and match everything. Um, so it was yeah. fun. It's you know it's not super in depth, but it was a cool little character creator. Um, you have a cool little dog sidekick this time around. Alamar right. is in it. Uh, you play as him in like the tutorial level, and then after that, um, you're a part of like I said, you're a rookie. It's your first year. And you're a part of this rescue crew, rescue crew that actually gets yeah. stranded, and now you have to find people and stuff. So you're back on that planet, and this time around, you're like you're in a different part of the planet, and things look different, but have a similar feel. So it's it's cool. I, I'm enjoying it so far. I only have like an hour into it, maybe two, um, but it's been fun. And yeah, if you're a fan of Pikmin, pick it up because this was. It's a no-brainer. It's a beautiful game, and it looks yes. really nice too. All the Pikmin games have have looked good on their like perspective consoles, but this one looks really nice, and I I enjoy the new like control system and stuff. So it's been a fun time. I'm excited to nice. see where it goes. You heard it here, folks. You heard it here first. I'm the first person to get hands-on with Pikmin Four. I know it released a couple months ago, but this no one's played it since. So this is breaking yeah. news for everyone. Exactly. But <laughs> so that'll wrap it up. Ooh. Almost messed up the mic there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. But that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we're not gonna do an after dark today, but we will show you Jay's Funko Pop. This one is Zoro from One Piece, Ronor Zoro. And it's the time skip version with the scar over yeah. the guy. Yeah. You Have I shown you my other one? I don't think so. Uh, that'll be for another time. <laughs> so, 
as you know, if you watch us on twitch.tv slash the average Jays, you get to see Jay show up the Funko Pop that holds up his mic every week. But, like I was mentioning before, uh, we're not going to do an After Dark today, and um, maybe we'll do one next week. But in the meantime, just for some housekeeping news, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. We are still looking to grow that fan base. We're trying to get a couple more people involved. Uh, so thank yes. you for sticking by us. And I do want to toss. I do want to toss in. Good. Our goal collectively as the average age is to increase our our followers and listeners mm-hmm. tenfold. And I say that dramatically because it just has a lot of gravitas, but twentyfold. Um, that is our New Year's resolution. Yeah. 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 That, that would be do it. that'd be great if we could if we could. I mean, I, I if we could double it, I'll be happy. But if we could do it tenfold, twentyfold be ecstatic um if we could if we could expand the armada our our crew that would be absolutely fantastic yeah help us hear you no help us entertain you yeah there it is (laughs) yes and remember the more people that listen in and follow and give the support we'll be able to do a little bit more stuff we are looking to implement some changes this year um to both the the stream as well as the audio episode so Stay tuned for that. One other big announcement before we go. We will be at MegaCon in Orlando uh, in two and a half in weeks. Like, in two and a half weeks. There's a lot of players there. Like just today, I just saw Rain Ritz Wilson. For those who don't know, White Shroot from The Office uh, was yep. there. A lot of big uh, uh Stephen Amell from Arrow, uh, Hui Juan from Loki slash, uh, you know, uh, Indiana Jones. Everywhere, or Indiana Jones. I was, was going to say that, but I wanted to give more recent stuff that you know the youngins know. Um, yeah, a lot of people. Obi Wan, Obi Wan, hating. Cr- yep. <laughs> and, yeah, like just all of them. They're just all there. Um, I could name more, but they're just. It's. It's. I'm nervous. I'm ang- like last week. I had like a mental collapse because uh, I was just like, oh my god, this is happening. I literally didn't want to do anything. <laughs> um, but I think I'm better now, and I'm. It's just getting closer because this is a bigger space for me, for yeah. us, if anything. Because it's just like it's going to be a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it's it's intense. Uh, it it is going to be at the uh, Orange County Convention Center uh, in Orlando, right by the airport. So I mean, anyone, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it. It's a massive event quarter of a million people um it, it's gonna be huge so come check us out we do have a table obviously first and foremost for sky surfer comics but we will have some stuff for the podcast as well uh we'll be there all four days so thursday through sunday and that is literally two weeks from now so thursday the 20 nope excuse me thursday the first up until sunday the fourth so the first couple days yeah. of february so Come on by, say hello. You might have a chance to be interviewed. Oh. Yes, and then I'm going to just toss up. I'm going to just do this for post. I'm going to put our table number right here. It's, it's going to be there. You or guys, there. it could be there or there or there or there, but probably right there where Jay's pointing to. Right right there. It's it's that one. That number. It's not this one over here. It's that one. Or, 
<laughs> I'm just going to put it all over. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening in. We love you. And we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye, everyone.